0: That is such a classic scene. Honestly, at some point in my life, I want to try that just to see if I could actually shut the power off to the neighborhood. There's just something about having that kind of control over your neighbor's cable feed. You know, as I think about Clark's reaction, I feel like heaven's rejoicing is a thousand times bigger when we experience our spiritual gifts and we use them for God's glory. So I bought a new bike last summer and it's been a lot of fun exploring and doing some long rides. Now as great as a bike is, it requires wheels because without wheels, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, I know, it's profound. But it got me thinking about the design of the wheel. The hub is the central part of the wheel that anchors the spokes and they branch out to support the rim. It's actually a great picture of what God is up to in our lives. The Holy Spirit or the hub supports us, the spokes, as we work together to move forward accomplishing what God is calling us to, which is primarily helping people experience a relationship with Him. And I never get tired of the idea that we've been given spiritual gifts to be used by God to bless others. So where have we been in the series? Well, in week one, Ethan walked us through foundational thoughts on our personality style and ministry passions. And we had to start there because it helps us understand how God has wired us right at our core. See, we're not robots, but unique creations that God has made, including our personalities and passions. And Megan, in week two, talked about the gifts themselves, breaking down how they work and what they look like, and she did a great job showing us the diversity within those gifts, which is really cool. And last week, Alicia talked about how they are used in community. So where do we go from here? Well, in this session, I wanna share some practical things that will help us grow in our spiritual gifts, but before that, Alicia challenged us to live out our faith by loving someone through our spiritual gifts. So take a couple of minutes in your breakout and talk about your experience. Welcome back everybody. So now let's take a look at a young guy in the New Testament named Timothy. He had been on mission with the Apostle Paul who instructed his young assistant to stay in Ephesus and care for the church there. He was likely in his late 20s, early 30s, so pretty young to have such an important role. Now if you read 1st and 2nd Timothy, it's clear that he was gifted in service, evangelism, leadership, and no doubt administration. Now this didn't all just come to him on his own. We know that he was blessed with a godly heritage. His dad was Greek, not likely a believer in Jesus because we don't hear much about him but his mom Eunice was a Jewish Christian and his grandmother Lois was a Christian also. And it's clear that these godly women had an early and major influence on his life and then through the leading of God's spirit, the apostle Paul became a mentor and built on this foundation and things began to take shape in an even deeper way. So let's check out what Paul said to him. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of many hands. For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. That's 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. We've heard in this series that gifts are meant to be used, and this is why Paul used the metaphor, fan into flame. Literally, it means to rekindle, to stir the fire, or to keep it blazing. It's this idea that once the fire is going, it takes effort to not let it die out, and like a fire, it starts small and then grows into a blaze. See, our spiritual gifts don't come fully assembled out of the box. Now don't get me wrong, they're perfect because they've been given by the Holy Spirit, but we have to grow into them. Now hopefully, you've thought about your personality, passions, and you've taken a spiritual gifts test that has helped you find a starting point. So take a few minutes in your breakout room and talk about what you've learned about personality, about your passion, and the potential gifts that you have. Have you found any new insights in the last couple of weeks? Is there anything that you might try fanning into flame just to see where it goes? Welcome back, everyone. Well, hopefully that discussion encouraged and challenged you. Well, we really want this series to be practical as you apply what you're learning to everyday life. So here's a few next steps if you're seeking to grow in your gifting. And here's a hint, you should be seeking to grow in your gifting. So number one, look for where God is presenting opportunities and ask, do they keep showing up? Part of the fun of experiencing our gifts is to try new things. Going way back to our Pathways series, we talked about how it's always God's will to love him and love others, and he'll take care of the context. So what does your context look like? Well, maybe you love helping others while volunteering, and you are really energized by that. It's likely that you have the gift of helps or mercy, especially if you keep getting asked to help and others are being blessed by your help. One key practice to not miss those opportunities is to take time daily to pray and ask God to reveal and develop your gifts. Then take time to record a few thoughts around the experience because it's really cool to look back and see where God was working. I'll give you a personal example. Remember elementary school speeches? I hated them. Basically, I used the same speech for three years on the topic of football. I pretty much just changed a few names and stats each year. Then finally in grade 8, I decided to do my speech on budgies. Yeah, birds. I did it as a bit of a joke, but I ended up being voted by my class to speak at the assembly. Then I was chosen to represent our school in the county finals. I did not want this. I remember my grade 8 teacher having me practice every day at lunch for two weeks to get ready. And looking back, those were early indications that God wanted to use me as a communicator. Then at youth group, leaders asked if I would lead a devotional. And then at 23, I preached my first sermon at church and I was scared out of my mind. And then I received invites to speak at conferences, retreats, camps, and other churches. I still am learning as a communicator, but it became clear that God had gifted me in teaching. So think about what opportunities keep popping up for you and record how it went. So here's number two. Listen to what others are saying about your gifts and abilities. In post-secondary, I had a class on teaching and communication, and I had a professor that wrote me a letter saying that I didn't speak up enough and share my ideas. She said I had a winsome style where I talked with people rather than at people, and I kept that letter all these years. She also reminded me that I needed to hand in assignments on time, but hey, administration is not my gift. Now, with affirmation, we need to go a little deeper than just listening to the, hey, that was a great job. So here's a clear thing to look for. Do others comment about how your gift has helped them grow in their faith? When people begin to express that they were encouraged in their faith because of you using your gift, that's a great indicator that God has gifted you in a specific area, which is why we need to keep affirming one another. It really does help as we all wanna grow in our understanding of our spiritual gifts. So when you're blessed through someone using their gift, let them know. But here's something else. It also means that we have to be willing to listen to tough, constructive criticism and correction. Last week, Alicia talked about the importance of community, and within community, a close mentor makes all the difference. In my life, I've had people challenge me in love, which has helped refine my gifts. I've had people ask the hard questions about faith and life, and are willing to tell me when I'm not at my best. I've had people coach me and give me insights into how to grow. One of the challenges I've faced is getting a bit stuck in my gifts, and then I start seeing them as personal skills, relying on myself instead of letting God's spirit move in and through me. For example, with teaching, I enjoy being creative because creativity communicates value. I like to take time to really study what I'm teaching, but it's tough to put uh, in the study and be creative when you're last minute, so I might take less time to prepare and end up just talking. Or in leadership, I might take the easier path, making easier decisions, or I have so many moving parts that the way forward is cluttered or unclear. It really comes down to this question. Are we living in our own strength or are we living in the strength of the Holy Spirit? Jesus once said to his followers, I am the vine and you are the branches. If anyone abides in me and I in them, they will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15, 5. So how do you know when we're walking in God's strength or our strength? Well, here's a helpful chart that'll help you understand. So if you check out this chart, we're going to see servant and self. So a servant serves out of obedience where they want to serve God, and self is out of obligation where we feel like we have to serve God. A servant is motivated by what God sees. We want to serve him. Where self is motivated by what others see, and we want to please others. A servant has the attitude, hey, whatever it takes, and goes beyond expectations. Where self says, ah, it's not my job, and they do the minimum. And a servant sees results that are God-glorifying directly giving attention to God, and self is self-seeking and wants to draw attention to itself. So hopefully that chart was helpful. Well, here's one final test to help you find the true nature of your giftedness that really gets to the heart. I had a mentor once say, John, are you willing to use your gift with those that are hardest to love? Man, I hated that idea. But our gifts aren't only for good times, smooth paths, and people we like because like many other things in life, they are refined in difficult settings and through blessing difficult people. So something to remember, just because you're experiencing difficulty or challenge doesn't mean that you're not in your area of giftedness. That's part of the refining, so keep at it. But we also have to be willing to realize that if we're continually frustrated and others aren't being blessed and mentors are lovingly telling us it's not working, we might be outside of our gifting. But hey, this takes a lot of time, input and grace and practice so be encouraged i love getting on the bike and riding because of the movement and the challenge i love following maps and setting goals to push farther and i love trying to better my times and i'm constantly checking my heart rate to make sure i'm in a good zone and after tough rides there's always the recovery time and rest it reminds me a lot about our spiritual journey god has given us an incredible life map to follow his word And as we seek Him, we set goals to grow and develop as a disciple. And this includes our spiritual gifts. We need to constantly check our heart zone to make sure that we're in a good relationship with Jesus and others. And we need to take time to rest and recover because even Jesus did that. Why? Because loving and serving others can be hard work. But here's the thing. Our spiritual journey, the map, the goals and challenges, our hearts, and even our rest and recovery need to be rooted in the strength of Jesus and not ours, because that is where our gifts become powerful for honoring God and blessing those around us. So this series is just a start. Let's keep the spiritual gift conversation going and help each other fan into flame the gift that God has put in us.